Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. everybody, welcome to Full Count Chaos. Thank you very much for taking the time to tune in. Always appreciate it. You can reach me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. If you want to find out how to listen to prior episodes and follow the show and other ways to keep in contact with me, head over to fullcountchaos.com. Easy as that. Well, the Orioles season has ended. We have a lot to go over. A lot of shit happened in the past few days, in this past week. Playoff baseball has started in October. Are you going to be paying attention to that? The Yankees and Red Sox. Is that interesting to you? I've heard a lot of people say, oh, that'd be great if the Yankees beat the Oakland A's and the Red Sox play the Yankees. I thought so, too. I always thought that they played each other a lot in the playoffs. I didn't even realize the last time they played each other in the playoffs was 2004, of course, when Boston was down zero games to three and came back four games in a row, went to the World Series. That was pretty impressive. My sister lived out in Boston that year, and she called me when the Red Sox won that fourth game and just said, this place is going fucking nuts. What in the hell is going on? I mean, she kind of had an idea a little bit that the Red Sox were playing the Yankees and the Red Sox were doing something pretty crazy. She said, everybody's out in the streets, screaming, yelling, celebrating. This place is going nuts. And I had to explain to her they were down zero zero games to three, and they came back and won it. So we'll get into a little playoff baseball. Also, somebody wrote in uh, with their most hated player. And like I say every week, if you have a player that you just dislike or you're at the level of hating them, write into the show, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. So we'll get into that too a little bit later. Uh, Something before we get into Buck and Dan and the Orioles, I wanted to get your opinion on something that I came across this week. To just see, I don't know if it's about getting your man card taken from you. Uh, Should a grown man even do this? So, my wife's birthday. I'm out at the mall looking for a gift. I'm terrible at gifts. Terrible at Christmas, New Year's. uh, I mean, anniversary, whatever it is, I'm really, really bad at it. I'll always buy her like a dozen roses, a card, and take her out to a very nice dinner. That's my go-to. That's been my go-to for like the past 12 years. It's pathetic. And... She's the sweetest girl in the world, and she's always tried to, you know, give me slight hints of thinking outside the box a little bit. So I go, okay, two dozen roses and a card, and we'll go to lunch instead of dinner. I'm so bad at it. And and God love her for still being with me. <laughs> I don't know why, but hey, she puts up with this jackass, so I love her. So I just wish, I, I'm always, I'm just bad at it. Anyway, I'm, tr- I'm getting off track here what I'm what I'm getting at. So as I'm walking around the mall, I bump into somebody who I've known for years, but we just kind of lost touch. Just, you know, you have friends out there that you used to hang out with 10, 15 years ago, and everybody just goes their separate way. Well, he comes up, he says, hey, we're talking. Uh, I, I noticed he had an Astros jersey on, and I, I said, oh, I, I didn't realize you're an Astros jersey. Oh, he, oh, I've always been an Astros jersey, uh, uh, Astros fan, he says. Big fan of Houston. Always been since I was a kid. And I was like, yeah, no shit. And then he started giving me a hard time about the Orioles, and and we'd go back and forth a little bit, just kidding. I said, all right, good to see you. Off I went. I continue my shopping, and I talked to another friend of mine. This is funny. I'm always saying friend of mine. Somebody last week wrote in and said they drink every time I say a friend of mine. I already explained that. If you tune in to last episode, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so everybody's already drank about a beer and a half by now. 
So I talked to a friend of mine later that night, and I say, hey, I, I, I bumped into Mike, and, uh, you know, he's doing well. And I said, I had no idea, <clears throat> excuse me, I had no idea he was an Astros fan. And my friend was like, oh, for fuck's sake. He was wearing an Astros jersey. I said, yeah, why? He said he's been an Astros fan his whole life. I never remember him talking about the Houston Astros. He says he's not a Houston Astros fan. He's a fan of any team that wins the World Series. You're a moron. He said a year before, last year, he was wearing a Cubs jersey. He said he bumped into him, and he said he's been a Cubs fan his whole life. And then the year before that, apparently he found out he was wearing a Royals jersey. So every team that wins the World Series, he's buying their clothes, buying their jerseys, telling people he's been a fan of them their whole life. I don't know. I thought that was kind of odd. Again, I'm not here to judge people on what teams they root for and and why, but that, come on. I, I get kids do that. I just thought that was a little odd. He's. I, I think the guy, he might be 40 by now because I remember he was a few years older than us. Yeah, he must be about 40, but, but I thought that was weird. But again, you're, you're a kid, you do that. Those are the things you do. If a team wins, you know, you want to walk around and act like you're rooting for the team that is the best in the world. My wife's nephew used to do that. The Patriots. <laughs> he was a huge Patriots fan. Finally, as he got a little older, he became a Ravens fan. But I don't know. Is that a little strange? Is that a little odd? Reach out to me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. If you think I'm overreacting, I think that is extremely bizarre. So every year, a team wins. He goes out and buys her jersey and then tells people who's been a fan of him their whole life. Again, I've known this guy half my life. I never, ever remember him talking about how he's an Astros fan or a Cubs fan or a Royals fan. We used to go to Oriole games. He'd wear Orioles gear. We used to go to Raven games. He'd wear Ravens gear. Whatever. If that's his thing, so what? I, I'm, I shouldn't make fun of him. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm seven minutes into the podcast talking about how some guy runs his life. <laughs> who cares? You know another thing that bothers me, and I, I a friend of mine on Facebook, he's a diehard Ravens fan, but he's also a diehard Yankees fan. No, God, please, no, 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 no! It's like a, I, I know people who are Oriole fans, and they're diehard Steeler fans. Ah, I can't do it. I don't know why. Well, my, my grandfather's uncle, blah, 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 whatever bullshit. Come on, you live in Baltimore. You live in Maryland. I don't know. Here I am again. Judge. Mr. I'm Mr. Judgy Judgerton tonight. Uh, the Anyway, so <laughs> if you think I'm overreacting, let me know. The Orioles season is over. Thank God. Hallelujah. Can't remember the last time I said I am very thankful that the season is over. And Thanksgiving, when we're around the table and we're praying and what we're thankful for, I'm thankful that the Orioles season is over. I'm thankful that... Hey, they're cleaning house, guys. They are cleaning house. Buck is gone. Dan Duquette is gone. Where When Buck got fired, Dan Duquette was kind of strolling around like he owned the place. And then, see you later, Danny. You're out the door, too. And they should. They should be cleaning the house. Telling you, next manager, who, who's ever managing the team now, is just going to kind of make sure, you know, nobody sets the place on fire. They're just babysitting. Make sure everybody runs their drills. They know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, hey, guys, do some batting practice before the games. That's about it. Can't get any worse. I tell you, I'd want to take the job. A lot of people say, who would want this job? I would. It can't get any worse. 
And for that person who put out the rumor of Mike Bordick possibly being the manager, get out of here. <laughs> he's not, he's not, people are starting to spread that around like on Twitter. Mike Bordick is not going to be the next manager. And Buck leaving, that was the right move. Come on. Something went wrong. Maybe Adam Jones or Buck Showalter, maybe they'll put a book out in like 10 years down the road and explain what the fuck happened. How the hell did this team become so bad? So, something like a virus. Something happened, right? Something happened uh, behind closed doors with the players. Something happened in the clubhouse. The players didn't even want to play for Buck anymore. Something happened, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's just from top to bottom, on the field, off the field, shit went bad. So whoever takes his job, hey, fuck it. You know, get, get some money. Get your get your feet wet. Get your foot in the door. Become a manager. Because I don't think the Orioles are going to hire a manager who's been around for 20, 30 years. I really, I feel, in my opinion, the fuck do I know? But I think it's going to be a younger manager, though. The Orioles' track record is always hiring an older manager. An old guy. The old guy. But I don't I don't think so. I think the guy's going to be pretty young. But I, I'd like... Five, ten years down the road, I'd lo- somebody's got to leak out what the hell happened. It can't just be the players, you know, they were playing their best. Things just weren't going well. Well, we had Beckham at shortstop, and he wasn't doing well, and the batters were in a funk. No, these are professional baseball players who've been in the league for a long time. A lot of them still all-star players that we had on the team. What the How the hell are you going to tell me? It just had to be bad luck and things weren't going their way. That was historically bad. People in the sports, people in the media who follow the Orioles as well have no clue what the hell happened. Literally like they gave up. But I'm I'm sad to see Buck go. There's a lot of good memories, but I'm also right there saying, yes, that had to happen. He's not an analytics guy. And it seems more teams these days are are focusing on analytics. Two teams that really take analytics seriously. Astros and the Dodgers. And they were facing each other last year in the World Series and might do it again this year. Now, Buck did love his stats. I, I didn't agree with how he handled those stats. You know, we'd all wonder why he batted Ryan Flaherty instead of Adam Jones, bottom of the ninth with two outs and we all found out because the pitcher they were facing, uh, Ryan Flaherty was 3-for-11, and five years ago, Adam was 2-for-11. So Buck didn't play who was hot. He played who had a better record with that pitcher from years ago. That I didn't like because a lot of times, you know, Rock or whoever was post-game interview would ask him, press conference, you know, what were you thinking there? He, he would just say, well, he had a, over the years, over the past five years, he had a little better record. No, he never played who was hot, it seemed like. He just played who, well, uh, look at on the stat sheet here. Back in 2010, he hit a triple. All right. Go ahead, Rymold. <laughs> Manny, have a seat. Rymold, you're in. Trying to figure out who's been making all these moves lately for the O's. It's like the game of Clue. You ever played that? I don't even think kids know what that is anymore. But really, I mean, reading all the articles, listening to all the interviews and and TV shows, radio shows, who the hell was making half these calls in the Orioles organization? Was it Brady in the warehouse with the rope? That's what it's like. You're you're playing the game of Clue, remember? 
Mr. Green in the conservatory with the lead pipe. Well, who was making this call? Fucking ridiculous. And by the way, uh, the next general manager that comes in, they got to ask the question, all right, what is, what's Brady's role? What, what is he doing? What does that guy do? And how much is he going to get in the way of my job? All right, and the one who they hire to be the manager of the team, one of my first questions would be, you know, obviously I go down the list of what I would do. One of my top five concerns would be, what the fuck can I do with this guy, Chris Davis? I mean, are you guys okay if I just don't play him at all? I'd be like, because I just read an article in Sports Illustrated that this guy, he's not with it. He even admitted it. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing in the batter's box. He admitted that he cries himself to sleep every night. He's considering quitting the game of baseball. Am I going to lose my job if I don't play the guy? (laughs) If I bench him for 162 games. Here's another thing. Chris Davis, 36.8% strikeout rate was the highest in the majors this year. Obviously, of course, we all knew he had the highest uh, strikeouts. The only qualifier to ever post a higher one was, yep, you guessed it, Chris Davis last year at 37.2%. So, next season, if Chris Davis starts playing in April like he did last year, come on. Whoever the new manager is, grab your balls and bench him. He's done. He's over. Maybe just cut ties with the guy. Whoever is going to be the manager. And by the way, Dan Connolly uh, wrote an article about Buck and Dan speaking about Brady Anderson. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, do it. It's great. I, I'm, I did, and I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the articles that they're writing there. But he writes an article uh, mainly focusing on Brady Anderson. Like, what the hell is he still doing here? Which was my question as well. I really thought that Brady was gone. But I think Peter Angelo's sons, who are uh, steering this ship, I just think they're fans of him. You know, they're a fanboy. They like Brady Anderson. They like being around him. They were a fan when he played baseball. Now they like him being around. I I don't know what the reason is, but Dan Connolly also writes about, you know, not only what is he doing here, what the hell will he be doing here? And again, that's a question that the general manager better, I'm, I'm sure, will be asking. And he also writes about, you know, right now is a good time for Cal Ripken Jr. to come aboard. And I read that and I said, amen. Why not? Guy may not have all the answers, but he sure does know how the game is played. Just please, just get Cal in the organization one way or another. And I know for years he's been asked that in interviews, TV interviews, and he just kind of smiles about it and laughs and whatever his reason is. But I, I truly think, I think now is the time because they're cleaning house. They're starting over. They're starting fresh. Now is the perfect time for motherfucking Cal Ripken Jr. to step foot in that warehouse and take charge. Whether he's the GM, the manager, whatever it is. Get him in there. Come on, Cal. Do it. I've got balls of steel. Now, I I do want to switch gears here. (laughs) You know, I don't know if this is sad talk, depressing talk. But I I wanted to get to this a couple weeks ago. I meant to get to it last week, and I forgot. And you've probably heard of this, but this this is pretty fucking funny. Let's put some humor in this week's podcast, all right? We're talking about enough depressing shit. Jace Fry, he was a pitcher on the White Sox. He made his Major League debut a couple weeks ago. Put all over Twitter, hey, guys, friends, family, 
check me out tonight with his ex fiance. <laughs> she was like, oh, hell no. You're not getting the spotlight. You're not getting out of this one. Posted all over Twitter about how he has an STD, how he cheated on him. She was post- <laughs> She was just lighting his ass up, lighting his ass up. Let me try to pull up her tweets here. I thought I had it in front of me. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. Look, exes, they'll fuck your life up. You know, my sister at an early age, when I was about 11 or 12 years old, before I started dating, my sister's about four years older than me. She said, listen, always be nice, polite, and have a big heart to the girl that you're going to be dating. She says, why? Because eventually, she's going to be your ex. And when she becomes your ex, all those secrets, all that shit you told her, anything that you don't want people to know, if you told her, it's going to come out. (laughs) So I learned at an early age, even up through my teens and my early 20s, no matter who I dated, I had to be careful what secrets I told them. (laughs) And I was always kind to them, always sweet, because I knew that they were eventually going to be my ex. I didn't think I was going to marry the girl I was dating when I was 17. Could have happened, but I seriously doubted it. The woman I married now, I knew as soon as I met her, she was going to be my wife. And if not, you know, say la vie. But anyway, basically, this here's what happened. So I, th- I think he's like 21 years old. So she starts off the tweets with, happy first MLB start to this piece of shit. She has a picture of him. <laughs> Then she posts a picture of her kissing him when they were dating. I guess he, they were engaged and he just cut it off right before he got signed to the majors. I, I don't know if that's 100% the full story. But what I read is that's what it seems like. So she's posting on Twitter a photo of those two kissing. And she put underneath of it, when you think he won't give you an STD again. <laughs> then she posts another photo of him right under that. I mean, she was just blowing him up. Wasting another year of my life with this nutbag crazy ass. <laughs> I mean, she's a cute girl. You know, there's two sides to every story. Uh, so then she posts a photo of him signing autographs, like putting his uh, name on a baseball for kids. And she posted a um, on Instagram of what he's saying to the kids. Give that girl over there my number, but don't tell her I'm engaged. <laughs> I guess he cheated on her. I don't know. You got to be careful. Thank you. God, I did not grow up in the world of social media. I mean, every everybody's got a camera. Everything's recorded. Every party I was at in college and high school, if everybody had a cell phone, holy shit. <laughs> the stuff that would be out there. I don't know. It, it could backfire, too. Maybe kids these days are like, hey, if I act like a huge jackass and do a lot of stupid shit, I'll be famous on YouTube. So I don't know. I'm just saying that I'm glad that I was not recorded or any pictures posted all over social media of shit that I did or said or however I acted when I was 15 years old, 21 years old, right? But now you have a girlfriend, ex-fiance, who's angry at you. They're going to post it all over social media. Fuck you, honey. You gave me an STD. Oh, boy. So I'm going to circle back around here. There's a lot I wanted to go over here. Dan Connolly, I, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to title this podcast episode just Dan Connolly because the guy's just lighting it up all over his website, all over The Athletic. Uh, he wrote another one. He spoke with Palmer about 2018, the 2018 Orioles. Basically just said, 
you know, what are the Orioles going through right now? What can you explain? And Palmer says, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. When Dorothy gets to Oz, she's kind of wondering who is behind the curtain. Amen to that, Palmer. He continues, somebody's going to have to find out who is behind the curtain here in Baltimore, whether it is Buck, whether management thinks Dan Duquette is the type of guy to do it. Obviously, this is before they left. Says, But my question and my statement is some conversations is, why didn't we internationally scout? Why don't we have more pro scouts? All of a sudden, we're going to say, okay, we didn't need them, but now we do need them. Palmer says, who the hell made that decision? It's a great point. Like, who was the one who was saying we don't and all of a sudden saying, hey, uh, I I think we do. Who's the one who knocked down the door and said, we do. We need to change that. All right? So he makes a great point there. And again, that's why it's going to be pretty exciting in the next couple months. Who's going to be getting interviewed? Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be the guy running this fucked up ship in 2019? Hoorah. Again, I'm going to be there. I'll be there opening day. I am every year almost. Uh, Rockies versus... Is anybody... Want, oh, by the way, uh, somebody did write in. Let's get to that. Somebody did write in of most hated player. Sorry, I almost forgot about that. Uh gentleman by the name of Marcus, and of course he ends with P.S. Don't have Twitter. <laughs> Does anyone have Twitter who tunes into the show? Because every email that I get, I don't have Twitter. Maybe they're just messing with me. They do have Twitter, but... Uh, most hated player, I always ask you guys out there, hey, if, if you have a player that you really dislike or just straight up hate, I'd love to hear about it and why. Just something simple we do here on this show. Uh, he says his most hated player, and I thought we did this guy before, but I don't think we did. Uh, Carlos Gomez. His email says, uh, every time I watch Carlos play the game of baseball, it makes me want to punch the television. He tries to act like a hard ass no matter what he does. Catches the ball, hits the ball. He always looks like he wants to fight someone. He always tries to show up the pitcher or the batter when he makes a play in the outfield. (laughs) And then he ends the email with, fuck him. Uh, (laughs) Marcus, thank you. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you writing in the show. Appreciate you participating. I agree 100% on this, Marcus. Carlos Gomez, to me, has got to be the biggest douchebag in all of baseball, period. I don't like the guy, and if I ever saw him, I probably would just gently point to him and say, you're a douchebag, and I would love for him to come at me. He'd probably whoop my ass, but that'd be a great story on the podcast, and I might win some money right in court. Would I be that guy? (laughs) Would you be that guy? If you got your ass kicked by Carlos Gomez, would you sue him? I don't know. I don't know. Gotta kind of just take it like a man, right? If somebody, I'm the one starting it, right? (laughs) If I get my ass kicked, that's my problem. I don't know. You you might get a nice little chunk of change, though. I don't know. It, it, what is it these days? Hate speech, right? In that, you, <laughs> not, not going to get into politics. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree, Marcus. Carlos Gomez is a just a, an asshole when it comes to the game. He's always trying to fight. He just has an attitude all the time. If a pitcher just kind of throws on throws inside on him, he always thinks they're trying to throw at him, and he stares down the pitcher. I don't like him. I'd say he's in my top five. I, I've probably said that on like the past 10 guys. He's in my top five. But yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Carlos Gomez, most hated player. Without a doubt. Uh, folks, uh, thanks again, Marcus. Appreciate it. You watching the uh, playoff baseball? 
Rockies versus Brewers. First game, one extra innings. I did watch that. I, I, I think I watched it till the 10th. It was a weekday. I had to be up early. But I did see the uh, Jeffrey Jeffers come in, shit the bed. I have a relative who lives out in Milwaukee. He was pissed. He's getting into it. Rockies had one fucking hit through eight. And then wound up getting two runs. Boom, just like that. The game is tied. I did watch Soria come in the 10th inning uh, for the Brewers. Every time I see him, it just, of course, reminds me of the Delman Young hit. Right? Soria, first pitch. And I always remember the announcer. I can't remember who was announcing the game, but he goes, Delman Young, he loves to swing at the first pitch. Boom! That's exactly what he did. But anytime I see Soria, kind of gives me goosebumps a little bit. Bases clearing double. Fantastic. And then he got Boston and New York. Big fucking whoopity-doo. Red Sox and Yankees. But again, I'll be watching that. I got to see Chris Sale. That skinny-ass face pitch. Five innings, eight strikeouts. Always pitching well. Sox just pulled it out, won five to four. Think This is something that I was thinking about when I was watching the game, obviously, with the commercials. Think about the money these advertisers spend for those games. It's like a... It's like $600,000, like $1.5 million to be the first commercial of the first inning of the first break, I think it was. Like one point five or $1.8 million for 30 seconds. That's some cheese right there. <laughs> no wonder the NFL, it's, almost, it's hard to watch these days because it's like every kickoff commercial, every first down commercial, every field goal, every t- everything's a commercial. And then I read an article about how much it costs for just like the baseball player. Holy hell, no wonder. I'd have a commercial every other down making that kind of money. A lot of baseball fans outside of Boston uh, and outside of New York are hoping Yankees eat a big bag of losing shit. (laughs) Everybody here in Baltimore that I talk to, they don't want the Yankees to win. See all over Twitter. Outside of Boston, New York, people are rooting for Boston. New York, I mean, they're just, they, people just don't like them. And then that video that just surfaced of that dude pouring the beer on that A's fan when the uh, Yankees won. What, an, what a fucking asshat. That's a, one of the things I love about social media. When you do something fucked up like that, people call you out and your picture and your name. People post your Facebook page and your, and your Instagram page and they're like, this guy did it. And then they just, people just blow you up. That I love. <laughs> and the the Oakland A's uh, Twitter page was even uh, posting out, you know, asking who this guy was who got the beer dumped on him. They're going to send him a bunch of free shit and some tickets. I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, after that, I mean, I don't know. I just want it to be a good series and whoever wins, I just hope that the Astros beat them because the Astros are beating Cleveland. They're already up two games and nothing. But watching the Yankees, I hate to say this, but I I actually like Brett Gardner and I'll tell you why. All right, he's one of the only batters who gives a shit about striking out these days. Nobody cares about striking out. And the reason why I say that is because on two strikes, every time Brett Gardner has two strikes, he chokes up on the bat to get more bat speed. Of course, people batters don't do that anymore. 15 years ago, only seven qualified pitchers averaged eight strikeouts per nine innings. Okay, 15 years ago, seven only seven. Now, Eight strikeouts per nine innings is the major league average. Batters are hitting 248, the lowest average since 1972, the year before baseball introduced the designated hitter. That's incredible. 
And that's what I'm talking about. Not Brett Gardner. He's not worried about trying to hit a 420-foot home run. He just wants to get on base, chokes up. I like that. He's just a fucking baseball player. Good for you, Brett. I'd love to have him on the Orioles. <laughs> then tonight, um, recording this on Saturday, uh, 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 what the f- Price, David Price pitching, ending uh, two and thirds, giving up three runs. Uh, David Price does not play well in the playoffs. Boston fans were nervous about him starting this game, and that's exactly what they got. <laughs> he shit the bed. And David Price, his playoff record is 2-8 and eight with a 5.03 ERA and 73 innings pitched. So something about the playoffs, he just doesn't do well, doesn't bring his game. But it's fun. I think right now the uh, yeah, uh, yeah the Yankees are up on the Red Sox 6-2, and they're bringing in Zach Britton. Now I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Turning it off. Oh, boy. So, again, uh, we're going to keep going for a little bit longer here uh, with the podcast. Obviously, people are saying, hey, well, the season's over. Does that mean your podcast is over? No, nah, because there's a lot of good shit that is going to be coming up in the next few weeks, next few months. Just might just wrap it all the way around to April, opening day, or March, what, 28th, 29th? See what we can do. Again, please reach out to me. I love getting you guys involved. FullCountChaos at gmail.com. Again, head over to iTunes. Shoot me a review and then let me know about it. Till next time, see ya.